Hey guys, welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host, and today we are heading into marriage week. So let me tell you the quote that is above Justin and I's bed in our bedroom. It says, I choose you and I choose you over and over and over without pause, without a doubt, in a heartbeat, I'll keep choosing you. So let's chat about marriage. It's the hardest and the best, right? Like typically it's two opposite people trying to figure out life together. One's emotional and the other's logical. One's a spender, the other one's a saver. Uh, one has like a love language of quality time. And the other one has a love language of receiving or giving gifts. But it's beautiful. Like when two people can come together and actually make it work, we love that. And Justin and I have been together since I was 16 and he was 19. So we quite literally grew up together. And we used to fight a lot. Y'all need to go listen to my competition and marriage uh, episode because this is going to be kind of a lovey-dovey episode. So if you get any kind of romantic notions that were perfect, please go listen to those episodes. All right. So we would fight about stupid stuff. We'd fight about serious stuff and pretty much everything in between. Like we are both super, super competitive and it just showed up in a lot of areas. Like we are also both threes on the Enneagram. I mean, we would joke with friends and family that we knew how to fight. Yep. We are not one of those couples that are like, well, I don't know. We've been together for three years and we've never fought once. I don't think, right? We haven't fought yet. No, that's not us. (laughs) Not us. Okay. Over the years though, we have learned that though arguments still happen, there's no need for the drop down, drag out fight every daggone time. And so now we've been together for over 15 years and we might have a big fight once or twice a year. We have worked really hard to get to just know one another. We learned we don't always have to say what we want to say. Amen to that, right? You can't unsay something. We have learned to hold our tongue until the Holy Spirit has our hearts. Go listen to, gosh, what episode is that? Basically, uh, how to get back in a good place um, when you kind of hit a rut in your marriage. There's a whole episode on that. We have also decided to try to outserve, outlove, and outgive one another. And this mindset shift, when you're both doing it, can just change the trajectory of your marriage. So who's up for a challenge? I'm going to talk through five things I want you to do with me this week in your marriage or relationship. And I'm going to be doing this right along with you. Okay? So just a couple ground ground rules. I don't know if that's the right word. So I just said outserve, outgive, outlove. Those were the three things that we really tried to hone in on, okay? And so I'm going to name five things, five practical, fairly simple things that I want you to pick a day to do this week or whenever you're listening to this, okay? And I'm going to kind of name what topic they fall under, whether it's outserving, outgiving, or outloving. And then I'll kind of let you know what we're going to do. Okay. Number one, this is an outserve type of action. I want you to text this to your husband or wife today. What is one thing I could take off your plate today? What is one thing I could take off your plate today? Is it mow the grass, catch up on laundry, cook something? And even if it isn't your jam, (laughs) and even if you are swamped yourself, hello mom life, right? Just figure out something you can take off their plate today and do it. And bonus, if you can do it, totally happy, okay? 
Number two, leave a sweet note somewhere. He will find it later on. So Justin is on his computer a lot for work. So I have gone on his computer and I've searched for like the sticky note app and wrote him a note and it would pop up on his computer once he sat down to work. I put a post-it on a steering wheel or I put a note in his lunch. If you pack his lunch, totally honest, this girl does not pack lunches for my husband. It doesn't happen. But if you do that, great. Or I know that we're all in COVID right now. So like, you know, if you bring a lunch to him or something, I don't know, give it to him then. Okay. Just, you could put it on a mirror. You could put it by his pillow. It doesn't freaking matter. Just leave a sweet note somewhere that he will find it. And here's kind of the kicker with all of these, you guys do not expect something in return. Like this is just outpouring of love <laughs> on your part. Okay. Whether they uh, reciprocate or not, that's not the point of this. Uh, and honestly, I would prefer, well, I would prefer them to, if I'm actually talking genuinely here, but prefer them not to. Like, it's good to get into a uh, rhythm where you do things and you don't expect anything in return, okay? Even though they should, you know, because they love us too. Okay, number three, don't complain to him or her for a whole day. <laughs> Y'all, my husband is a great listener. As you can tell, I go like a thousand miles a minute about everything, everyone, good, bad, everything in between. Like he's my best friend. So don't hear, don't ever complain or be fake. But if I'm honest, sometimes I can complain a lot more to him than I realize. And so this is more for your awareness than saving him from our rants. Okay. So just be mindful one day. Be mindful one day because complaining is draining. That rhymed. Complaining is draining. And so they might be our person, but if we are, if we tend to like complain, whether it be about someone else or even about them, like, oh my gosh, I told you to, you know, flip the load or can you please just freaking get them dressed or you know, whatever, like that kind of tone, can you refrain from it for one day? One day. And if you feel the urge, can you just not. <laughs> and if you really, really need to complain, call your mom or your friend or whatever. So for one day, he or she does not get any of the brunt of complaining. Okay. And this is more of a practice for yourself than anything else. Number four, can you drop what you're doing when they come home from work or when they're done with work? So I feel like this makes a lot more sense um, when COVID wasn't here. Now I know everyone's schedules are kind of weird, but I've always been the first one home in our household. Like whether it was because I'm a stay-at-home mom now or because I was a teacher, I would just get done with work, drive home, get the kids, you know what I mean, and be home before he did. And so it's easy to use that very first minute when they walk through the door to throw him into a task and to view him as your helper. Like, hey, I'm trying to make dinner. Can you hold Tristan and finish up the laundry and Graham needs his butt wiped and Noah needs to finish his reading? Can you help with something? Please cue the super loving greeting and martyr. <laughs> um, anyone else do that? And of course, it's a partnership, okay? Of course, like, they should come home and see a need and like fill it and whatever. But today, one day this week, 
Can we just pause when we see them for the first time after work? And can we just go to him, like look at him, you know, give him a hug, tell him you love him and that you're glad he's home. And then you can remind him about the three-year-old butt that needs to be wiped, okay? But there's just, there's something magical, I think, that happens when we pause. We wouldn't like it um, if you were not the first one home. Like if he was the first one home and you walk through the door and immediately he's like, go do this, go do that. I need help with this, whatever. Like it's fine because yes, like we're in a partnership, but it would also be nice for someone just to like acknowledge that, hey, I love you. <laughs> You're my best friend and you are home, right? And so we would want that. Um, and, and I know everyone's schedule is different. Maybe you are, maybe you do get home last or whatever, okay? But is there a way that you can just, once you meet again after work or after whatever it looks like, can you come together for just a moment, just a moment, just to acknowledge one another and don't just immediately jump straight into the rat race of life, okay? Pausing is beautiful. Number five, do something he loves that you do not like to do. Football, baseball. Oh my gosh, you guys, I try so hard. I try so hard to like football or baseball. Like I love to watch my son play, but I just cannot get into all the professional games and how freaking long they are. But Justin loves to watch them. And he also actually loves it when I sit and watch a game with him and he can talk about players or argue calls with me or whatever. Like usually game time on Sundays equals nap time for me because I'm just not about it. But this week when a game comes on, right, I will choose to not roll my eyes when he's like, hey, you want to watch the Reds? Hey, Bengals are about to be on. You want to watch them? <laughs> normally I would roll my eyes and be like, now nah, I'm gonna go take a nap. But instead, like I know that he loves to watch those. I also know that he actually loves it when I'm there with him. So I'm gonna choose to not roll my eyes into the back of my head and I'll just cuddle up on the couch and watch the dang thing and pretend not to hate it. One time, <laughs> one time, okay? So Easy enough. Let me go over those really quickly one more time. So number one, these will be in the show notes also. So don't feel like you need to, you know, whatever. Number one, you're in a text. What's one thing I could do to take off your plate today? Number two, leave a sweet note somewhere that he or she will find it later on. Number three, don't complain to them today. Number four, drop things and greet them when they come home or find just that moment of pause to recognize them. And number five, do something that they love that you do not like and do it happily. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, easy enough, right? Like good marriages, you guys, that our children see are just the small things that we do every single day. It's how we can leave a legacy through our motherhood in a simple, simple way because more is caught than taught. Okay, this is a short one, but happy marriaging, marriaging, <laughs> I don't know what you're, whatever you want to call it this week, okay? Um, check in with me and screenshot uh, 
if you guys text your husbands or your wives, screenshot me what their responses are. I've already, we've done this challenge once in our uh, Legacy Through Motherhood community group, and it was beautiful um, when we've asked like, hey, what's one thing I can take off your plate today? And the husband's replies, oh my gosh, like tear faces or, oh my gosh, you're amazing or, you know, whatever else. So feel free to tag me this week on any of the responses you got from this challenge. I would absolutely love to hear it. Okay, so join me though, you guys, in the next episode as we jump over to mindset. And the mindset this upcoming week is going to be how wealth can drive world change. So many times we think wealthy people are greedy or selfish, but the truth is, is that building wealth can be so, so life-giving because we have the ability to support others and to support causes that we care about. So join me as I walk through 25 ways wealth can drive world change. And I hope it encourages you to just take that next step in your finances, whatever it may be. And I look forward to having this conversation with you and to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.